Chillax, a podcast where you listen to this our boy talk about life, news, and anything interesting. Welcome back everyone to a new episode of the Chillax podcast. Today I'll be talking about my university experience. I graduated about one and a half years ago during the beginning of the pandemic, which means that I missed out my graduation ceremony and I missed out my graduation trip. Missing the ceremony was alright, I don't really care about the ceremony because we couldn't go for a ceremony. Then they ended up offering us a ceremony one year later. That means we need to take leave, right? Because we are already working. Then go there. It was still during the peak of the pandemic. We have to social distance, wear masks. They don't allow us to mingle around. Then what's the point, right? So I didn't even really care about that. And the thing was, parents have to go. Then it feels very awkward because I'm not very close with my parents. But it is the missing the graduation trip that really sucks because the graduation trip is like a last hurrah, right? You have this opportunity, this window of time where everybody have free time to go out to go overseas they have no responsibilities whatsoever it will be way harder when you start work because you have to plan leave then you got work responsibilities you got parents you got partners you got wedding you got family you got your child whatever not that's why the graduation trip was probably the last time and the best time to go overseas together we actually booked everything really airbnb flights all done then pandemic happened, we had to cancel it, thank god we can get a refund for it. But overall, I did a lot of research and I had a checklist for the food I want to eat, the places I want to visit, things I want to buy. You know, all this excitement, anticipation, my emotional state is very high, then cancel. Then I dropped from such a great height all the way down and I have this unresolved need, right? This void in my heart that needs to, requires closure I would say. And I'm just waiting for Japan to reopen. Japan kind of reopen already. You can go on a trip there, but you have to sign up via agency. Now you don't have to go for the package uh, guided tour. You can just go on a package tour, but you can go free and easy, but it's still under a package. But they try and charge you more. They try to force you to go for certain packages. They are going to make you pay for more expensive hotels. There's a lot of miscellaneous fees now. If I'm not wrong, my friend told me that the price difference pre-covid and post-covid with this package is about 30 to 40 percent i think roughly 30 percent difference i rather spend a 30 percent on more food more things to buy toys snacks whatever it is and even if japan open up my friend say it's going to open up in the next few months every tom dick and harry from singapore is going to go to japan because singaporean loves japan right then all the prices are going to be jacked up so i'm going to wait about one year later then i go to japan because I can't afford to pay so much money. I rather spend all this money on things I want to buy, good experiences. That aside, I mean, we got on a tangent already. I'm going to be talking about my university experience. I went to Singapore University of Social Sciences, which is called SUSS. It's one of the newer local unis where they have a focus on social sciences. So whatever things that we study, like business, early childhood, I don't know what other things are there, accountancy, marketing, whatever it is, they all have a foundation kind of social science course like it's grounded on social science so you're not just learning about business you're learning values that guide you to be a better businessman that's the rough idea i think i'm butchering it but that's roughly what i know <laughs> i'm not really a a student and i'm not really a teacher's pet to some extent right i'm close to the teacher but i'm not that close to the extent where i'm I support the school, I believe in the school, all these values I know very clearly. No, not at all. <laughs> the thing about this program, right, is it's a four years honors degree program. 
and four years is a very long time i think this is the biggest issue that everyone have with the school which is four years usually school is about three years or two years for private uni and if you go to poly you waste one year then as a guy you waste two years in army then you go to this program four years you waste an extra year then you are like what one two three four four years behind really when your friend go to jc if she's a female she graduates sooner than you and it's pretty annoying and especially for our business friends friends who have came from business courses from poly because the thing was four-year honor program the first year you know what we study we study common curriculum which involves philosophy sociology um environment sciences very generic stuff that can I suppose guide you and become a <laughs> becoming a better human being i guess the remaining three years is covering the actual business causes and my friends who came from accountancy causes in poly really hated it because they thought they're gonna have a head start over everyone they studied accountancy already all right so they're gonna get a head start they're gonna get super high gpa they're gonna get 4.4 but the thing was because of this first year thing they put down their GPA because they are not very good at this kind of causes, right? But for me, I really enjoyed it because I found it very useful in helping me figure out my values. And I find a lot of joy in researching, writing, thinking, overthinking things, basically in philosophy and sociology. But many of my friends just hated it because they feel that it's stupid. It put down their GPA, they learn nothing from it. Then now they have to study something that they are not good at, right? That drag down their GPA. But overall, this is how the course is being like segmented first year common curriculum three years of the actual course um, afterwards and then we have our typical onboarding program everybody know local unis their onboarding pro program is the sexiest i guess <laughs> in the top three local uni they have those sexy camp right they try to put all these guys and girls do all this sexy shit together i'm not quite sure whether that's compulsory or not i don't think it's compulsory it's just some sort of union camp student union camp right that is open to everyone but for our school it is compulsory but we don't do sexy camp we have obs obs we do high elements we hike we play some lame bonding games personally i have no take on this because both sexy camp and obs sucks for me because I hate camps in general. I hate all these bonding activities, getting sweaty, going out into the wild. I really hated it. This whole social thing is not my thing. And I swore to not camp again after army. But little did I know, there was OBS. And I got no choice in it because it's a requirement. If you don't finish OBS, right? They don't allow you to graduate, which is freaking dumb. But I think they kind of remove it already because the school has become so big. There's so many causes and so many students that they can't fit everyone into OBS. So I think they have their own tailored-made kind of program. But in the past, OBS was a requirement. And it sucks. Uh, I don't like to do high elements also. I don't like to step out of my comfort zone. But the best thing that came out of OBS was it provided opportunities to form very tight bond and clicks before we started school. There was like social support to begin with and academic support. I think this was probably the best because for someone who had difficulties adjusting to new environments it was perfect as much as i hated camp the experience ensured that i had friends when i started my first class i wasn't feeling that anxious i got people to fall on to to, to kind of hang out with to have lunch together and that was probably the best part and a lot of these friends that we made we ended up still being friends till now because we went to the same class the first year is the part where 
all your OBS mates right are still together in the same class in the same group and then in the second and third and fourth year that's where you split up into your separate courses but overall it was probably one of the best experiences even though I hated camp it kind of set me up good where even till now I still hang out with, with those friends we share contacts we lean on each other for support being a new uni there are of course a couple of unique things the school has implemented to differentiate themselves from the other local unis compulsory overseas experience is definitely one of those things that was um, I don't know whether is it different now I know that SMU has to go overseas experience but I know that the compulsory part is probably a new part where other unis didn't implement I know that overseas experience in other local unis is uh I don't know I wouldn't say it's privilege but it's a cherry on top it's something that is only privileged to people who are doing well in their studies who are close to their teachers who are able to perform better than other people only the privileged few can go on overseas trip but in our school it's compulsory which means that there's a lot of overseas experience offered to everyone a lot of opportunities to go overseas but the thing about our school is that our school likes emerging markets a lot and it's logical right because all these emerging markets in southeast asia china they really like all these countries because they are they have emerging markets they have a lot of opportunities that are untapped hence all of our trip goes to this country and typical singaporean we all love our western countries all right so there's no such opportunities at all our i think president already mentioned and reiterated a lot of times western countries too saturated really you can't play to your strengths you must not go to your surrounding countries it's easier you can leverage on your strength they have very good perspective and perception of singaporeans you're hardworking, you're good and you're efficient at your work you're you're able to produce results hence you know it's, it's much better to leverage on your what asian ties i suppose in this case and having the compulsory overseas experience and with all these opportunities available right most importantly this school is a new school there's not much competition because a lot of people who enter here they can't make it to top three uni you definitely have a few people who are very competitive but otherwise everyone is very much very chill because we also don't have bell curve which is something that i'll talk about later on hence there's low competition means that if you want to go overseas if you want to go to work from some special companies where they have some special relationship with our our school all these opportunities right it's very easy to attain if you do well in school or you are very close with the teachers if you can carry yourself well and you know the all the staff right and it's very easy to go on these trips and i have friends and seniors who went on every single trip that's offered they what they told me is you should go on this trip because you are not going to go to laos or cambodia as a vacation right this is an opportunity that you shouldn't miss out because you don't go on this you don't go to these countries for vacation and at the same time the school has provided all these resources they plan the itinerary for you they have people to shepherd you around you are essentially going on a sponsored trip you are still paying it but then it's sponsored to some extent right and you are not going to find these opportunities anywhere else hence he went on every single trip to laos cambodia whatever not countries but I didn't go la. I think for me, I was still very frugal. I cared too much about my, my money. I don't spend so much money. And I wasn't very adventurous. So that part is the part where I regretted not going overseas. Like even though I hated it or I'm very scared, I should just go overseas and 
experience the world right before i start working because you're not going to go to these countries for me i'm, I'm not going to do that i'm not a backpacker or whatever not right so that's the part about the overseas experience that is di that is different then there's the compulsory social services which is i don't know whether other universities have or not but i think our university is unique in the sense where we have compulsory social services where everyone during my time i think it changed now really the requirement but we all have to go for social services we have to volunteer for i think two years or one year if i'm not wrong and it wasn't that great because when you force people to do social services people end up doing the bare minimum and i did the same too i just find uh, some organization and then we work on an ad hoc basis and that cleared my cleared my criteria already nobody is going to go out of their way and i don't know try their best because it's not come out from your own goodwill right it's a requirement and you're just doing the bare minimum in this case which is something that i didn't really like i think the intentions was good but then they know that students being students they're going to not do it at all if you don't make it compulsory and that's the kind of decision you have to make as a as a school right unfortunately that's the case people end up doing the bare minimum and that's the part that people also get a bit annoyed in their perspective they, are, they feel that they are wasting time they can spend the time uh, hanging out or just studying for school there was a lot of assignments to finish then why we have to waste time to do all these things so they go for all those organizations that offer one a, once a month kind of um helping session i guess you go and help some students that are struggling with their education with their school then you just do some tuition or i think once a week or once a month i forgot already minimum work for sure but as for the influence the people there the peers my friends and all these things it's kind of a mixed bag because it's a new school like what i mentioned then all these people who can't get into the big three uni they are too good for the private uni i suppose all of them all the remainder ones they will go for this local uni which accepted them in this case and you have a mixed bag of in terms of good students and the rest are very much very chill because you have people who are very good but then they don't make the cut so you have this handful of those that are very on the ball hardworking. They're going to become investment bankers, that kind. Then you have the rest that are like, ah, I can't get into local uni. And private uni, not that great. Not much opportunities. Then here I am. <laughs> I can't go anywhere. This is my only choice. So it means that the environment is not as cutthroat as the big three uni, where there's bell curve. Everybody is trying to backstep one another. Once you make friends, you know that they are competent. You're going to stay together. Social loafers are doomed. But in this case, people are so nice to one another. Social loafers get their way and people that are not going to complain about them. They can just join groups, tag around and not do their work. And that's all right, which is unfortunate. Personally, I don't like that. I will complain, but my friends just tell me, hey, don't do that. Lah. Like, don't be a dick. I'm like, huh, what? I think the environment is pretty good because it's kind of like a situation where if you are a hardworking person, you are essentially the big fish in a small pond. So if you are hardworking you do decently in your academics you can get a lot of these opportunities like what i mentioned but i'm not quite sure what's the scenario or the situation now because their standards have increased by a lot they are not going to give you some like free handout if you don't do well in studies like if you don't get first class if there's no first class honors then there's no first class honors they are not going to bell curve it for you and that makes it very hard because the bell curve part is tough but meanwhile you also without the bell curve People are not going to get first class honors if you do badly and you are applying the standards of a local uni, the strictness, the academic kind of criteria that are very strict into a setting without bell curve. So 
what happened was that around year three or year four, that's where the strictness come in. There's criteria, there's MOE requirements, regulations. By the time you graduate, I don't think anybody was in first class honors. And because there's no bell curve, right? And everybody, I think the top three person was in second, second upper. I think second upper also not, not that well because it's a low second upper kind of situation. And that's how it is. But having no bell curve, I think it's less stressful. Lah. And this also means that because there's not that much of a very hungry student, right? Which means there's a lot of opportunities to not just go on overseas trip or go on internship with good companies. You also have opportunities to build relationship with teachers. You can become very close with them. Not everybody is clamoring for the teacher's attention. You can potentially get more internship opportunities by these teachers. You can become friends with them and we have become good friends with one of the analytics teacher and then we hang out and then she share her life experience which is very useful and all this comes together to give a very good resume that allowed me to secure interviews during covid when my private uni friends were struggling to touch on that a little more we basically graduated during the beginning of the pandemic right then i think we had to wait for our papers our results those who are lucky they managed to secure their their um, not internship but their full-time employment before they graduated but then a bulk of us all were looking for our work right looking for full-time employment during the bubbling of the pandemic during that time recession happened i would say it's recession everybody is just becoming more conservative people are not hiring then there was this traineeship program being introduced right and everybody found it very very hard to find a job i think local uni students the big three right might be easier for them to find a employment opportunity to 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 get full-time employment i'm not quite sure if you are a recent graduate you are in the same position as me and you have found a job or you haven't found a job please let me know how difficult it was i only have two comparison points one is my friends uh, from the same uni me and my other friends from the obs group and then i have my other friends from private uni that I had I met through secondary school that I'm close with as well. For for all of my friends, I think it was quite easy because another special thing about my school, right, that I forgot to mention is everybody is required to go for a six months internship program, which kind of set us apart from other people, especially for the accountancy students, because a lot of these local big three unis when they go for accountancy internship right usually it's about one and a half months to three months kind of scenario and then you have these students that can go on a six month internship then which one would you pick i mean they are all local uni maybe the standards are a little bit different but overall you have a six months person that can be there for six months that can cover a lot of work that can go, do a lot of saikang for you you will go for the six months right in this case that's why it make it very good for us for all the accountancy students they managed to land a uh, big four roles but meanwhile for all the other marketing analytics students they also able to secure roles because they work with the company for six months they build very good relationships in this case and it become very easy to transition into full-time roles and that's one of the advantage of the of my university uh, in this case and also with all these extra experiences it allowed us to set ourselves apart that's why a lot of my friends when we graduated even though during pandemic they were able to secure traineeship or they really have existing internship that can convert to full-time employment then compared to my friends who are in private uni rmit university or buffalo or university of london they all were having a lot of challenges even securing interviews for traineeship meanwhile my friends were able to secure interview or they already had their job ready 
And in my scenario, I work overseas, I interned overseas for a short while, I went on a lot of overseas trip, I did somewhat decent, and all these things kind of added up together. I also had two internships as well. So all these things adds up, and it allowed me to secure a lot of these interviews when everybody was having difficulties securing traineeship interviews. But the hard part about trying to get a job during COVID was every single person was trying to fight for the same job. Essentially, I was fighting for the same job amongst local uni students. And it's going to be tough, man. All these big three uni students are much better than, than me. I mean, even though I have all these experiences, but my grades are not that good. Maybe they have better grades and they have the same amount of experience as me. It's tough. And the problem here is also the companies are being conservative, right? And then they are only hiring a few roles now. They are shrinking. They are trying to tie over this whole recession and whatever not. And these roles, right? Everybody was clamoring for it. And then this puts them in a position where the employer can pick the best fit. They have so many good candidates to choose from. And they interview me, they interview all these people. But at the end of the day, they are going to hire the ones that fits them the most. They are not going to hire people who like, oh, you're good, but then you don't really like my company. You don't really show enough interest, then you're going to get cut off. By right, usually they will hire the ones that has the most interest, right? But I would expect that in the normal situation, there's a lot of roles that they are hiring for. And then if you are very good to begin with, they are okay with hiring you even though you are not super interested or you don't really show as much interest as the other competitor, right? That's my assumption. Maybe you can tell me whether that's right or wrong. But in this case, I, I was assuming where, because I went for a lot of interviews and I didn't manage to secure any roles for certain roles that are very popular in very popular companies. And that was my assumption in this kind of scenario. Then meanwhile, for the other roles that I suppose weren't as popular, and the company is also not that popular like startups. It was easier to get full-time offer, which is nice. I mean, when everyone was having difficulties finding a full-time employment, I was able to get traineeship offers. I was able to get full-time employment. And it was a pretty good feeling because I was in a position to choose the best job that fits whatever I want, right? And then I ended up going to my company, which was nice. The culture is good and it got converted in the end and the pay is definitely higher than an average marketing pay. Meanwhile, in contrast to my private uni friends, like I heard about the kind of struggles that they go through. They were having difficulties trying to secure traineeship interviews, and my friends who studied comms, they ended up really doing comms, you know. It's not like comms, comms, corporate work, PR work. They literally do communications. They do work for like a subcontractor for HDB. Then he literally went around to different HDB flat talking to people, telling them that, hey, you have to do this upgrade that is required by HDB. Like literally communication, talking to people. Whatever work that he was doing, right, it was not related to what he learned. And it was very hard for him to even get an internship in like agencies. So that's the difference between the experience of my uni versus my friends like private uni and how it differentiates itself from other big three unis in this case. Overall, my uni experience was alright. There was more good parts than bad part. The good part mainly were the lifelong friends I made along the way. But the bad part was definitely the four years. It's too long really. I feel that it's a waste of time and now I'm like so old already. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you are interested in supporting this podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash chillaxpodcast. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash chillaxpodcast. So for like as low as $2, you can get additional episodes. I will be very appreciative of the support because all this money will go towards creating 
a video setup so you can do video podcasts and i also like to hear about what are your guys experience with your uni private uni big tree uni whatever uni experience it'd be good to hear how it was like during the pandemic hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and i will see you guys next time